loaded his weapon, racked it, and I could tell he had put, them, put some rounds in the chamber, and I saw him hit that magazine up, pop, and he take the switch off, and, and inspect the mountains holler again, McPhee, McPhee, take the work, take the, take the tires out, take the tires out, shoot the tires out, shoot the tires out. McPhee was like, okay, okay, okay. He was, he was trying to get his, get his aim together. He stuck the gun out the side of the window. And when he did that, the gladiator. Good evening, good evening, good evening. This is the gladiator coming to you with another story during my time with the Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA. During my career with DEA, I had a lot of experiences. I worked in the Memphis office, also worked in the Bahamas, also. But this story today is going to be during my time in the Bahamas, working as part of the OBAT. And OBAT stands for Operation Bahamas and Turcos. Operation Bahamas and Turks and Caicos, which are the Turks and Caicos or islands further southeast of the Bahamas Islands. And a little history about this, at one part, the Turks and Caicos and the Bahamas used to be under British rule. But the Bahamas got their independence in 1973, and the Bahamas is an independent island governed by Bahamians. So Albat is an organization that was formed in the 1980s after the Bahamas and the U.S. recognized the, the proximity of the Bahamas was allowing a lot of drugs to be shipped to the Bahamas and then moved to the U.S. So the Bahamas is still a transshipment point for drugs, illegal drugs coming from South America and coming through the Caribbean. So that's why these governments between the U.S., Bahamas, Turks and Caicos form OBAT. OBAT is primarily DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration is primarily the, the primary agency within our bat. But also you have the U.S. Customs, U.S. Department of Defense also augmenting this whole program with our bat because they all bring to the table something different, like intelligence, equipment, like the Coast Guard, the U.S. Coast Guard brings helicopters, Custom bring their intel and their equipment also. And the Bahamians government supplies the, the police officers and some of the uh, marine boats that they use to help out on our bad operation. And the Bahamas is so unique. It's a beautiful country. And when I was there, I fell in love with the place. I fell in love with Exuma. 
Georgetown, those islands. I fell in love with Greater Nagua. As far as it is south, there's a lot. That's one of the, uh, I think, one of the um, well-kept secrets in Nagua. There's a lot of wildlife and a, a lot of sightseeing to see in Nagua. I also fell in love with the Abaco. Abacos Island, which is in the northern Bahamas also. So if you ever get a chance to spend time in the Bahamas, you probably want to go to some of these out islands, which the Bahamas call the out islands. And there's plenty of them. So not to get off the subject too much, but again, I was part of our bet and working there in the Bahamas was very, very interesting. But today's operation, today's uh, story going to be about working there on the land. The majority of the time we're working in the ocean, working in the sea surrounding the Bahamas. And the Bahamas is huge. Uh, about the size of California for a space for the area. But it has over 700 islands and only 35 uh, actual people live on 35 islands in the whole Bahamas actually have humans living on it. So as part of our bet, when we work, when we get intel, or when DU, DU Strike Force get intel, we normally communicate with each other. That means DEA, DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration, and DEU which is Bahamas Drug Enforcement Unit. We, we worked well together. Some of the guys I still communicate with today. Uh, just a long-lasting relationship that you develop while working with people, hiding in the bush, hiding on operations, and a whole gamut of things that you just come to do together. A good experience for myself. Okay, so I had to meet the DEU unit in regards to an operation that they had intel on that drugs were being shipped from Jamaica and was destined for the Bahamas this particular night. So I was signed to get with Inspector Chris Minus and Stacy McPhee, who was part of the Strike Force Unit. We all got in, into uh, a new white F-250 truck, and we started patrolling the area where we thought that the drugs might be arriving at. Other DU and DEA agents were in other vehicles in other locations. So after we met and got this plan together, we all set out to try to apprehend these criminals who was bringing drugs to the Bahamas this particular night. And the plan was that they would be arriving that night. So I got with, while riding with Stacy and Chris, we set up in the bush on the southeastern part of the Bahamas 
just waiting, just waiting for any information. Kind of sitting there watching the shoreline from within the bush, seeing if we could see any boats arriving, because the intel was these bad guys would be arriving by boat. We sat there just waiting. We was talking, communicating with other other units. And several times during the night, we got calls and that the someone had spotted something and we all would converge to try to check it out. And these um, information was turning out to be false. So we was there from like 7 p.m. that night until early the next morning. I was sitting in the back seat with all my equipment, my radio, my gun, my weapon, my DEA raid vest, and my bulletproof vest. I had all that with me just in case. Mephi was the passenger. Chris Minus was the driver. We were just sitting talking, kind of sometimes just play a little music on the um, vehicle's radio, just waiting. And several times, again, you would get information, any update, any update from their base, from the Bahamas radio base, no one had any update. Around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, we just started driving, checking other areas. And the intel was... This drugs was supposed to arrive somewhere near Jaws Beach, somewhere in that area. So we set up in a cemetery in that particular area. I forget the name of it, but we was kind of just waiting there in that area, waiting, 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 waiting. Waiting all night, all day, all night, just waiting. And the sun came, the sun came up. We're still out there waiting in the early morning hours. So we decided to get out of the bush and just drive around just to get some air. Drive around the roads uh, near the near the beaches just to see what was uh, happening after being sitting there all night in the bush. And we remember just making a circle down the airport road back up Bay Street westbound, just driving, just trying to uh, get out of the bush. And over the radio, someone mentioned that it was a red vehicle seen in the bush, looked suspicious, was looking suspicious. So... We headed toward the Life and Key area just before you get to Life and Key for those that are familiar with the roads and the thoroughfares in the Bahamas. And we rounded the roundabout from, Air, from Bay Street to Airport Road. And just as we was coming around the roundabout, a red vehicle we saw red vehicles coming out of the bush, just coming out of the bush. It came out of the bush, hit the road right in front of us. 
And when it did, I saw two guys sitting on the back. Just sitting on the back, two guys. One was a light-skinned male. And at that time, Inspector Miner said, that's the vehicle. That's the vehicle. And when he said that, I realized it was a vehicle too. I mean, I it just looked suspicious. You had two guys sitting on the back of this vehicle and it appeared they had palm leaves covering something where they were sitting on top of the palm leaves and the vehicle came out of the bush, hit the road and started proceeding at a normal speed. Normal speed, maybe 35, 40 miles per hour, heading back east on Airport Road. And one of the guys was was watching us because we was close to him. He was just looking. You could see he was just trying to make us out. And the other guy was just laying there. It looked like he had a something in his hand. It looked like a, a firearm to me. Inspector Miners tell McPhee, that's the vehicle, that's the vehicle. Let's get it stopped. Let's disable it. And McPhee had a M16 long gun with him. That was their primary weapon, the M16. He had it with him. And we kind of followed the vehicle just a little bit. And Inspector Miners said, McPhee, take the, take the, shoot the tires out, shoot the tires out. And McPhee loaded his weapon, racked it, and I could tell he had put, them, put some rounds in the chamber, and I saw him hit that magazine up, pop, and he take the switch off, and inspect the miners holler again, McPhee, McPhee, take the, take, the, take the tires out, take the tires out, shoot the tires out, shoot the tires out. McPhee was like, okay, okay, okay. He was, he was trying to get his get his aim together. Well, I think he was trying not to hit the vehicle, but he, he stuck the gun out the side of the window. And when he did that, I noticed one of the guys who was watching us, I could see his eyes. When McPhee stuck that gun out the side of the window and McPhee fired around, pop. And the vehicle just took off. The vehicle took off. It took off flying at a high rate of speed. And that guy who was watching us was trying to hold on. And as that vehicle was picking up speed, it was moving, this guy, McPhee, shot again. And the guy just jumped off the back of that truck and hit the side of the road. Bang! I could see, I could still see him bouncing down. Once his butt hit that, uh, hit the side of that that concrete on the side, and we went by him, and he kind of rolled over there in the uh, in the ditch. And I looked back, I could see him rolling over in the ditch. I knew that guy was hurt. I knew he was hurt. He had to be hurt because that vehicle was going too fast for him not to be hurt. Well, there's still one other guy on the back, and he's trying to hold down. I guess the palm leaves and the weed. Well, we already done made, made them out and we know what they're doing. And 
he obviously was the one that didn't have that weapon in his hand. Uh, the guy that hit the ground back about minutes, a minute back was the one that I noticed uh, appeared to have a weapon in his hand. So we're in pursuit now. We're in real pursuit. This Dodge Ram, red Dodge Ram, appeared to be one of those supercharged or turbocharged vehicles. You could hear that engine just vroom. And when he did that, you could hear our vehicle with Inspector Miners driving just vroom too, boy. I mean, you could just hear that those engines being being just fired up and the speed picking up. We picking up speed. And Nagfee stuck his gun out, put his gun in position again to make another shot. And that vehicle we was chasing, man, had to be going 100 miles per hour down East on Airport Road. When he did that again, that next guy, he was a red, light-skinned red guy on the back of the truck, he just jumped off the truck too. He bailed off the truck, and as we went by, his body and his butt just hit that ground, and he was rolling. And I knew he was, I, the guy wasn't dead, but I knew he was hurt. <laughs> and I'm hollering in the back, Lee. He hit the ground, we passed him. We radioing, telling the other officers um, to pick up two of the guys, uh, to at least try to apprehend them because uh, they obviously was hurt. And But we still in pursuit and we're just flying east on Airport Road. And we get to the roundabout at Airport Road. The bad guy go through the roundabout without stopping. We had our blue lights and sirens on. McPhee had stuck the blue lights on the dashboard and we in hot pursuit. Hot pursuit of this vehicle. We get to an area what they call West Ridge, the West Ridge area. The bad guy turned up through there, I think it was Orange, Orange Road or something like that. He turned left off Airport Road, went up a hill and we still own him. Inspector Minus is driving this vehicle that we're in. And I'm bouncing around, although I got my seatbelt on and I'm trying to hold on to some handle inside that vehicle, but we're flying in hot pursuit. And I'm hollering, look at this shit here, boy. God damn, I can't believe this. I'm sitting in the back. I just knew we were gonna crash. I just knew we was gonna crash somewhere, but we didn't. We hit, we come up the hill, and then at the bottom of the hill, I could see the bad guy vehicles about to make a left on Bay Street, about to make a left on Bay Street, and we come down the hill, and we stopped at the um, stop sign to see the bad guy was at, was picking up speed, heading back, heading back west on Bay Street by the ocean. The ocean water was on our right, and we flying back up Bay Street at a very high rate of speed. And while we're doing this, other traffic, other traffic is getting out of the way. They're pulling over to the side. I guess they could see what was happening. 
because we had blue lights on and that vehicle that was in front of us was flying. I'm saying 100 miles. I had to be at least 100 miles just back up Bay Street. But Inspector Miners is, 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 is flying too in this big old F-250 truck with the dually, with the dually wheels on the back. We going back up Bay Street at a very high rate of speed, just trying to catch up and trying to keep up with these bad guys. And we got to the roundabout where you go toward Life and Key. We took that left at that roundabout, kind of back, kind of about back where we originally saw these guys near that Jaws Beach area. And we hit that area. We still now we're going back east on. Airport Road trying to catch this vehicle. And we can't get close because the vehicle that the bad guy was driving was flying. It was flying. I'm talking about maybe 110 miles. And we kind of backed off the vehicle because we weren't going to catch him. And I think Inspector Miners realized that we was not going to catch him. The vehicle went, the bad guy's vehicle went through the roundabout at Airport Road with dots stopping. And I remember seeing a police officer in a car with blue lights on, uh, just kind of got out of since got out of the bad guy way, uh, which was smart, because no point in fast as he was going, he surely would have killed somebody. He surely would have killed that officer. I saw, and as we went by still in the chase, I could see police cars just sitting on the side of the road with their blue lights and sirens on. And as we passed them, they got in behind us. But in high-speed vehicle pursuits like this, they are very dangerous. They're very dangerous. A lot of innocent people have lost their lives on high vehicle pursuits here in the U.S. And at the same time, that could happen in the Bahamas. So we continued pursuing, we continued pursuing all the officers and all the DEU people got in that area where this bad guy went and we heard on the radio that he was in the Westridge area where he had crashed his vehicle and got out and now foot pursuit was, was being involved in trying to locate him. And police officers and DEU guys finally caught up with this guy and located him hiding underneath some bushes in someone's yard. And this guy's name was Trevor Trevor Bethel, I believe, but they found out that he had different names. And the two other guys were Jamaicans that abandoned the vehicles. They was actually from Jamaica, and they was Jamaican nationals who were later arrested once they went to the hospitals with their injuries. So... This is one of the more exciting cases that I experienced during my time there in the Bahamas. So this whole thing reminded me of the movie Bad Boys. Bad Boys, those chases in the movie Bad Boys, this was kind of like that. This was real life. This was not TV. This was real life action. And this story... It's one of the stories I will never forget during my time in the Bahamas. So, 
I hope you enjoyed this story. And I hope you keep on listening to the gladiator. On another note, in regards to the story, we did seize about 500 to 600 pounds of marijuana that they did have on the back of their truck. And again, this is the gladiator. I hope you enjoyed this story. And continue listening. And please share these stories and all the stories that we have brought to you from the gladiator. And I'll be signing off now. And until we meet again or talk again, take care of yourself. Make sure you don't get caught up in this COVID thing. And protect yourself, wear your mask, all of that, social distance. The Gladiator signing off. See you later. Bye. The Gladiator.